Hi, this is Kelly Cassian, and today I want to talk to you guys about how was the experience to deliver five babies in all natural. Yes, I have five children. So two girls, they are the older ones. One is 22, one is 16. And I have three boys that is 11 years old now and the one going to be nine years old soon. And I have a six years old that's going to be this week six. Yes, busy, busy, busy. Uh, I think the experience of having boys and girls is big. Because boys, is, uh, girls is more subtle, right? They, they like to play with dolls, uh, play house. They are very calm, drawing, um, very less active. And the boys, at least in my case, my boys is more active. When they were little, like jumping, play with cars, train, and more messy, put things everywhere. Um, more uh, outdoor playing, you know. Um, so it's a big, big, big change. So you're constant busy doing things with them. That was me with the kids. And the way I, I, I did manage how to deal with, with the kids is because I try to comfort and organize my day and my house the way it was good for me and the kids to fit it, I need. Like example, um, two boys have to share a room because we have only four bedrooms and the girl of course have to have her own, right? So I have to put two boys together and since I always have a new baby, always come and have to have a nursery room, always separate with the older kids. So basically I have to reorganize the closet to make sure um, I can fit a big amount of clothes and, and toys in the room. So, and with trying to make them help me, I try to label and put the clothes in the bins, you know. And the idea that I, I, I thought about that was because when I w went to my daughter's kindergarten class and I see that they have those, um, like, uh, shelves, and the shelves, they have bins where they tag them with what kind of book or what kind of toys and stuff like that. So I was thinking, why don't I do this in their closet? right and, and at that time I used to don't watch no YouTube I have no computer or phone or nothing so I could not get those ideas and and those videos right that they have so many in the YouTube now how to organize your closet and stuff so I was thinking in the school in that moment I was like you know what I think I'm gonna do that in my kids closet you know so I went to Dollarama and I buy a bins big enough and strong enough that my kids could pull out and um, and put it in easily, you know. And I bought some bookshelves. Um, I've, I, I put it two bookshelves because um, I could not fit. I have to specific, specific sizes I could fit in that closet. So I have to, you know, make sure was um, was not too big or too small. So I buy two bookshelves. Luckily, I could fit those bookshelves and I got the bins and I put the tags so it was like one bin was for underwear one for socks one for t-shirt uh, shorts and with the clothes because since here in Canada we have winter and we have summer 
so you have to change and so don't be so crowded i used to take when it was summer i put it out the summer clothes and i put away the winter clothes you know you know those ziploc bags that you suck the air and get so skinny yeah i used to do that in storage in the basement right and uh, that's what i used to do but i have you know my 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 kid's name and what the bins was about and I did with the baby and I did with my daughter. So I started doing for everybody because I was thinking like, so cool, it's so organized, that's awesome. I'm gonna do that. So then I have another problem is how I can fold those clothes that not gonna look messy and it's easy to put away. So I start sitting, I remember one day I start sitting and um, start folding different ways to figure out how I could fold in a certain way that my kid would take the clothes and put in the bin without taking apart. So I did. I get my way how to fold the laundry any kind, underwear, socks, t-shirt, pants, whatever it is, even sheets, whatever, towels, in certain way that I would put in the laundry bag and I would tell my kids, since they know it's everything in separate bins, they would go and put away. So that was a big, big help of saving me time of going in their closet and put the clothes away. They could do that, even when they are two, three years old. You know, it was like a fun thing for them to do. So that was problem solved, right? So then I start figure with so many kids at home, my time you know i i know lots of friends used to come here in my house and say oh my gosh you're so organized don't even look like you have kids in the house right i like house clean i don't like a messy house and i don't like to go walk with my socks and my socks is dark is is black of dirt you know i don't like that so basically i used to vacuum every day um mop almost every day and you know so I start making my own schedule. So I have in the kitchen a piece of paper where I write down what time I wake up, what time the kids have to wake up, what time is lunch, what time is snacks, what time is dinner, what time is this, what time is shower, what time is reading, what time is bed. Everything is the time, right? So I did that because it will keep me on track what I have to do every single day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have certain things that is different. And I follow that and would give me time for myself. Since the kids was going to bed at seven, you know, give me that time to relax and, and do my thing. Then the meal. They used to ask me all the time, what's for dinner, what's for dinner? So I did the menu so they know exactly what food would be in the day. So they don't have to ask me. They can see what I'm doing. But stop asking those questions when you know it's right in the fridge what we're going to eat in that day or in that night, you know. So, yeah, guys. So, I try to do this way. Um, I think everybody has to find your own way how to um, feed your needs and your schedule and your lifestyle. You know, this is that what works for me, you know. And... The way I did, I still have some time to work, to go to work, to um, go out with my friends and do things. 
that I used to enjoy, you know. And I never like to leave my kids with nobody. I was very uh, control freak in terms of that I'm very careful who I'm leaving my kids. So basically, most of the time, my friends used to come to my house and bring their kids to play with my kids because I feel more comf uh, comfortable, you know, and better environment for me and for the kids to, you know, play in my house and uh, where I can keep my eyes all the time and I know what's safe, what's not safe, you know. So I'm like a police for my kids, you know. Even my older daughter, um, when she was 15 or whatever, I still driving her to school. I still picking her up. My excuse was like, your brother's still young, so no matter what, I have to come to school. Yeah, right. But, you know, I know we have to give some freedom sometimes. But, um, you know, that's how we parents have to learn that, you know, you set the boundaries, but you can lock up too much your kids, you know. But I try as I can to let them play outside or in the winter, in the summer. I used to make lots of friends with them, go to early center, try to be friends with other mothers that have kids the age of my kids, you know, so they can get along and they can grow up with some family that I know about it and I know how they are, you know, the background of them. So that's very important to you to be in touch with it. And I know when your kids go to high school, you know, since I have one in high school right now, you lose control basically because you don't know nobody from that school because it's not from your neighborhood because my daughter went to a different school in a different neighborhood. And it's very frustrating for me because when she say, mom, I want to go to you know, my friend's house, and I need to ask her, what's the name, what's the phone number, what's the address, and I take you there, you know, and I ask, how's the parents, how's this, how's that, because I feel like I'm so used to know everybody's parents, you know, my, my, my kids' friends' parents, that when I don't know, I get a little worried, I get a little frustrated, so when she got in the high school, we gave her a cell phone, because this way, at least she could call us and anything happened, or I could control her that way, call her. No, that worked very much because every time I call her, she never answered the phone, you know? So don't think that works because barely work. But we try, as a parents, we try, you know? Um, she's a very smart girl and, you know, she's very talented and she's very open-minded. So I hope that she knows how to make the right choices. But the boys, you know, still in the school where they start the kindergarten so i still know the people's pants you know their friends pants a little bit you know and some we we have for many many years we know each other so that's a good thing you know and they all live in the neighborhood and that's a good thing i think here in canada is that if you live in the neighborhood you have to go your kids have to go to school where you live the neighborhood that you live so that's awesome because then you know that everybody that goes to that school lives in your neighborhood and it's easy for you to get to know them. You know, it's like a family, you know, community family. So I like the idea, you know, and I do try Masma to ask where they live and, you know, stay over time after school at the park. So I have, you know, I opportunity to talk to the parents, the ones I don't know much and even the one that I know you know, it's good for me to, to be 
talking to people, you know, as much as the kids having fun with each other. So that's great. And I love this idea of going to school in the same neighborhood where you live. Ten for that, you know. Uh, but yes, so, I mean, I did deliver five babies and they're all natural. My last one, I have four that I got the apodora, you know, it's the painkiller that you take. Because I was, it's, it's really terrible pain. I can tell you that. It's something that you would never expect, but trust me, you can handle. I mean, I could handle with the apodora, you know. But my last son, you know, the one is going to be six now. I don't have time to get the apodora. I guess I heard that before, that the more babies you have, the quicker they deliver. So means like if my first kid was 12 hours of live, deliver, you know, like um, labor, this, the, the, the second one going to be eight. And then the third one going to be like, you know, uh, six. And then the, then and so it gets shorter and shorter. And I can say that's true. Because when I delivered my last baby, you know, was so quick that when I they broke my water, because every baby, you know, my pregnancy, they break my water because I could not, <laughs> my body could not break the water by themselves. I don't know what it is, but it's holding tight, you know. So the doctors all break, always break my water. And when they break that water, that's when the pain is a killer. You know so anyway so when I have my last baby and I went to the hospital I was very patient you know and when they broke my water the pain was so unbelievable like all the other pains you know but we think at that time you know when that happened and uh, that I told the, the, the nurse you know please 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 call the the guy gonna give me the apodora, you know, because the nurse, because I'm in pain, you know, I can't take this. And she's like, no, you can do it. So by the time he came and they were preparing me to give that, I hold my two hands in the bed and I was pulling up and I was like, I can feel something. I can feel something. She's like, okay, so lay down. And when I lay down, she said, the baby's coming. There's no time. So I was like, what? I'm going to have to push that with all that pain, you know, because even with the upper door, guys, you know, I don't know in your case, but in my case, I can feel the burning sensation when the baby's head coming out. It hurts, you know, you can see that stretching your vagina, you know, and I could feel that even with the upper door. So in my brain, I was like, it hurts. And I know that you know, burning sensation when I have the painkiller and without it, oh my God. But anyways, they called the doctor so quickly. And when, you know, the doctor came, it was easy breezy. My baby come out, was another big boy, and uh, I could breathe. And then I have to push out the placenta. You have to do that, you know, but it's, it's less painful, you know. But um, I delivered without a painkiller. And I was actually, after, I was proud of myself. And I say, oh my gosh, at least the last baby, I did it. You know, really complete the natural way. I was so proud, you know. But this Apodoro thing is like unbelievable because you have so much pain. And when they give to you, you feel like, oh, 
I can sleep now. <laughs> you know, you feel so relaxed. The pain is so gone. You feel some pressure, but still, like, there's no pain, you know. You can, like, fall asleep, you know, so easily. And with my first boy, when he born, they give me a Podora overdid so much that I was paralyzed from my neck down. I could not feel anything. So, basically, I have to push my son without feeling and knowing that I was pushing it. You know, and I prayed so much in that day because I was like, oh my gosh, how did I know I'm pushing, you know? So I have to keep asking the doctor, is, is, right, is right what I'm doing? Is right what I'm doing? And, you know, and when is he come out, you know, um, you know, they put you in the wheelchair and they take you to your room and they have to move me and, you know, because I could not, they put the baby in my arms after I was sitting in the wheelchair and they wrapped me because I could not hold the baby. I was really paralyzed. Like my breast was feel so <laughs> numb. Everything was so numb. It was like, I want a painkiller, but I don't want that overdone. <laughs> but they did. They did make a mistake. You know, I did not report anything. I mentioned to the doctor and then, oh, well, you know, sometimes things happen. And they do make you sign some paper and say if something happened, it's not their fault. They do make you sign those documents in the in the hospital, you know. And when you're overdone, you have your baby. All you care is to hold your baby in the arms. So you end up forgetting everything. But they did a big mistake and could cause big dam damage, you know. But anyways, yeah, so this was um, my experience of delivering the five babies and um you know my first daughter i deliver in brazil was in public hospital um, i have nobody around me because they know allowed my mom to come inside with me and the whole idea i want to deliver the baby in, in brazil was to be close to my mom but you know the hospital allowed had to be so i have to do all in my own and i spent like 10 hours in labor or even more because I didn't know, had no clue what I was I was doing so it was really hard you know but uh, my daughter born healthy all of them born healthy I only can say thank you God because I think for us as a parents all we care is not if it's a boy it's a girl how they look but if you're born healthy that's all our main main worry at least that's my worry like when I'm pregnant I don't smoke, I don't drink, I try to don't eat, don't drink coffee, and I love coffee, and, you know, nothing with caffeine and stuff like that. I try to be healthy as much as I can to make sure my baby would not suffer and it would come out healthy because whatever you're eating or you putting in your tummy, in your body, your baby absorbed all that. So you have to be responsible and know that you could cause a big damage if you don't do the right thing and think about the baby, you know, because um, they would suffer later, you know. I know I have some friends um, that have, you know, some kid that born was, you know, uh, mentally ill or some, you know, kind of, um, you know, illness, like, you know, um, something I, I i don't know how to say in english but with some problems you know and um when is mentally ill like you know high level yeah the kid don't know nothing but you know that in most of case 
you cannot control that. Sometimes it's genetic, you know, you cannot do nothing about it. But in my case, I think that life is a life and is worth saving, you know. Um, it's, it's break my heart sometimes, you know. Um, I see some parents smoking when they are pregnant or they are drinking. They're, they're careless. Like, they don't give a shit, you know, about the newborn. And guess what? You made them. You know, when you are there, having sex, having your fun, you didn't care. You care about yourself having fun. And now that you create a life there, you should be responsible for that life and take care of that life because it's your problem now, you know. And they, you know, they need us. And they don't have their own voice to say what they want. So we are their voice. And... You know, the best parents is the one, not the just the one that delivers baby, you know, but it's the one that raises a child too. You know, um, I I prefer somebody don't do abortion and give the child away. You don't want the child, but at least give a chance for the child to live and give to somebody that will love that child as as their own from inside, from their own blood. So I recommend that, you know, uh, I can say I'm against abortion. I'm sorry to say that. I know lots of people are going to criticize me, but I am ag against abortion. Life is a life, no matter what, you know, you take the responsibility and have the baby. You don't like it. Give away. Don't be selfish and think, oh, going to ruin my life, going to ruin my body and stuff like that. You ruin your body when you decide to have sex with that guy that don't give a shit about you. That's when you ruin your life, you know? So take responsibility and don't punish the child that you just made in your uterus, okay? So you don't want it? Go to have lots of places that you can even make money, you know? You can be a, a surrogate or, you know, and, and give to adoption that baby and make some money. If that's so important that you think about yourself, so give that baby to someone that got off the baby, you know. And trust me, you feel way better, way better because you saving a life, you know. So, yeah, guys, so thanks for listening. So this is a mother to mother to tell you that. I have five children. I'm very, very, very proud of all of them. And I have no regrets to don't have abortion, you know. And I have son of my husband when I find out, oh, have abortion, have abortion. You know, I don't want this baby, I want this baby. I stick with it. No, I'm not doing it. It's against my line of life. That's how much I respect life, you know is if it's in my power, I will never take a life away, no matter what, you know? So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's scary, it's, it's hard, it's going to be hard, going to be difficult, but going to pass away. It's nine months, you pass away, okay? And if you having a baby because you want it, or even if you don't want but you're giving the opportunity to have that baby, you're going to love that baby. Okay, that baby gonna love you unconditional and you're gonna find out what true love is. So don't forget that. Hard times, never 
last forever you know i went to many hard times i was abandoned by my first husband because i have a baby girl and he wanted a child i don't even want a child but it's not just because i don't want it i don't take the responsibility it was that it's mine now i have to step up and i have to put aside my career because i was a ballerina i have to put aside because you know i was pregnant and i have to take care of him and i have to figure out how to give her a better life you know so I think you have to be a woman enough and take that responsibility. Don't make excuse. Don't be selfish. Step up. Do something, you know. So be a woman and a mother for your child, okay? So thanks for listening and talk to you guys next time. Bye.